You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, February 8th. What a lovely February 8th it is. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can find me on Twitter at J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. You might be familiar with some of my work at Just Baseball, which I recently wrote about uh, an article that we are going to be discussing on today's show, the topic of that article. Um, or if you're not, you know, maybe at Javapeno, it's a little bit... No, I will say, the best Twitter handle in the game, dare I say. At least the baseball game at Javapeno, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but if you're not into that, go check out at LO underscore Padres if you want just Padres content. Because I sometimes tweet about comic books and pop culture and really just, you know what, posts. Uh, just some dumb posts every now and then. Uh, so you can check that out. And also check out the YouTube, Lockdown Padres on YouTube. Trying to, you know, get the subscriber count out before opening day. Really want to start off with a splash. Uh, and if you see me on YouTube, you can see two things. Number one, the Tatis bobblehead. Could check that out in the link of this here podcast. If you want that maybe for Valentine's Day or something. I don't, I don't know. It could be a great gift. Also, you may notice I'm rocking the Friar hoodie. It's not a hoodie, actually. It's like a Snuggie kind of thing. It's like, I don't know what they're called these days, but I remember when they were called Snuggies, and that's when I got this. And it makes me look like a swinging friar, so that's why I'm wearing it. I'm going to try and wear it as many times as I can on the show. And on today's show, ladies and gentlemen, finally, enough with the intro. Jeez Louise. First, though, I must say, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And now let's finally get started with this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Jerickson Profar, who is still a free agent. And I wanted to talk about my latest article for Just Baseball. If you prefer the written word, especially my written words, because this was written by me and I'm a little bit of a buffoon, so I may understand if you don't want to read that. Um, but I wrote about Profar because he is still a free agent. And for me, and I know that this is like, it's an extremely hipster take. You know what I mean? So my apologies for everybody. Like, this is a very hipster take of mine, but he's been one of, if not my favorite Padres, like, in general, basically ever since I started the show, uh, to be quite honest with you. He's been one of my favorites, and it's not because of, you know, super skill. People who know me know my favorite players aren't just the people who are the best at the sport. I think anyone can do that oftentimes. When someone walks up to me, and I got friends, you know, the one of the co-founders of JustBaseball.com, Peter Apple, he's like, my favorite players are Garrett Cole, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge. G I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Let me guess. Your favorite show is The Office. Is that what you're going to tell me next? Um, but in all seriousness... I am a little bit of a hipster with it, where it's more to it than just that. And for me, Profar always had a good vibe to him. Always. I loved his smile. I loved watching him play. And he was super easy to root for, right? This is a former top, top, top prospect. Not like a top prospect that you say get thrown out there that makes the top 50 or something like that. This was like the number one guy for some people back in the day. So far back in the day that... I still remember gym class, you know what I mean? I was still in high school. I still remember when Fun Run was a thing, or Words with Friends was blowing up, or Temple Run was a thing, or Modern Warfare 3, for all my gamers out there, was a big thing. And he just had a, a slew of bad injuries, and as a result, he bounced around, he didn't really do all that much 
with the Texas Rangers, which is very sad because that team, you know, could have kind of used him, right? They had some interesting prospects on that team, and he didn't really pan out. And then he goes to Oakland, where he kind of sort of revitalizes his career just a tad by knocking 20 home runs uh, for them. But then he gets a little bit of the yips, and he can't really play second all that well and short, so he has to transition to the outfield. Then he ends up on the Padres in 2020, where he had a really solid slash line. 1.3 F4 in just 60 games. He was one of the better players low-key on the Padres that year. Granted, the entire Padres roster was also that year. Eric Hosmer, the ground ball gremlin, was good that year. You know what I'm saying? So that just shows you what, you know, that 2020 season was all about. But he slashed really well. He had 278 with a 343 on base and a 428 slugging. He was a very capable leadoff hitter, and it was awesome to see. And then the year after that, a negative 0.7 war. Jerkson Profar was atrocious in 2021. But just the same way that everyone was good on the Padres in 2020, 2021, uh, almost every player was bad. This is the beginning of the Trent Grisham downfall, which I still remember when I got heat for saying Trent Grisham wasn't good. That's crazy to think back about. And then this year, he puts up the highest F4 of his career, 2.5. And that's probably what made him decide to want to become a free agent and want to test the market and whatnot. And as of right now, hopefully not when this podcast literally comes out, he still has not signed to a team. He will, for sure. This is not a scrub player, but I think there's a lot of different things to talk about here. And that's what I discussed in my article, which is, you know, why doesn't anybody want this guy? And there's a lot of good for Jerickson Profar, right? On the surface, like I said, highest F4 of his career was 2.5. And for me, the biggest selling point about him is he's still just 29 years old. He's going to be 30 soon. But considering this guy, like I said, has been a fixture in the league since, you know, before The Last of Us was a thing, you know what I mean? Like, since before all these things, right when the first Avengers movie came out, right right before we even knew who Fernando Tatis Jr. was, this guy was a thing. And he's been in the league forever, and it kind of shocks you that he's only 29. So you would think that he'd have more suitors, right? And on top of all that stuff, he's also ranks above the 79th percentile in a bunch of different hitting categories that are important for a potential leadoff hitter on some teams. Strikeout rate, low whiff rate, and a really low chase rate. Like I said, 79th percentile or higher, um, according to Baseball Savant slash StatCast, um, in all three of those categories. Not bad. Not bad. He sees a lot of pitches. He does not swing at a bunch of stuff. And everyone who's watched Profar knows, yeah, that tracks. The guy is just not a free swinging willy. You know, this is not Joey Gallo. This is not a super, this is not Javier Baez, right? But instead, he's still a free agent. He's still a free agent. And there's a couple of good reasons for that, I will say. I think that the biggest number one thing in a vacuum, the Spark Notes slash Cliff Notes version of it, is that a player like Profar, to me, in a sport that shows teams that are reticent and um, hesitant, I should say, reticent, hesitant to sign the really good confirmed players like the Pirates have been doing these past few years, you know, like the Milwaukee Brewers don't do, the idea of Major League Baseball being really bullish and signing an average player might be one of the reasons why he hasn't been signed. Jerkson Profar is kind of just that, an average player. Last year, 110 WRC+, plus. he had a 114 WRC+, plus in the first half. And then in the second half, which is part of the reason I imagine that he doesn't have as many suitors or as many suitors as he might have wanted, is because his second half was, was quite unfortunate. There's a lot of negatives about Profar. I think that the pluses are huge. Capable leadoff hitter on a contending team for three years now. He was a leadoff hitter basically for a contending team, or... 
well, he wasn't in 2019. That was Grisham. But you get my point. 2021 and 2022, leadoff contending team, and he's young. And in a sport that I often find it to be maddening when people use projections as fact. Not as like, here's what I think, but as fact. Like, we know this is what he is forever. You'd still think that at that young of an age, people would give him a shot. But there's a bunch of reasons why I think there's been trouble with Profar, and there's a bunch of reasons why I think that it's not all that crazy that the Padres seemingly have decided to not bring him back. But before we get into that, ladies and gentlemen, I want to take a second. You know what event is happening this weekend. Like, come on. Uh, what are we doing here? You know what's going on. It's the big game. It's, just, it's the bowl. It's the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. And guess what? The only app you need at your party that you're having this weekend, because I know my listeners. I know my listeners like to party. They aren't squares. They rule. They're going to crazy parties. They're hanging out. They're picking up potential partners. They're eating good food. I know how you guys are. But you know what app you need, most importantly? It's America's number one sports book, FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and pretty dang easy. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Download FanDuel and you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown, you know, whatever you want. It's really, really cool here. I love it. I love it. I always am a big fan of like the coin toss. I just feel like that's such a good tradition just to be, it's totally random, but it's great for like a party of friends and whatnot, because you're probably, if you're going to a party of friends, if you are, I was kidding about the squares comment earlier. If you are, then you're like, oh, let's like, maybe some people don't follow football at all. So you know what's fun? You have everybody bet on the coin toss. That's just a fun little thing and whatnot. All of those bets are usually the ones that I prefer the most because I personally, Every now and then, sports betting's tough, and I think it's weird when people get upset that not everything goes their way, so I try to do embrace the chaos, do random stuff like that, but that's just my recommendation, guys. Um, so join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Let's keep moving, ladies and gentlemen. Let's keep moving. I'm not even going to take a swig of the Dodgers Tears water bottle. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I have to. Hold on. Mm. Mm. It's been months, and it's still keeping me going, ladies and gentlemen. With Jerickson Profar, um, the negatives for him aren't exactly going to blow your mind. I'm not going to be on this podcast talking to you about super data that is going to freak you out. And I mentioned some of it in the article, which I'm going to bring up now. And one of the things with him, like I said is his 115 WRC plus in the first half was quite good. He started awesome, Jerickson Profar, right? Jerickson Profar was like in a season, and I do think that this counts for something, in a season that everybody knew, without Tatis, with an offense that disappointed, right? We think Trent Grisham might be a mess. Turns out we were right about that, right? We have basically, with the exception of Jake Cronenworth and Manny Machado, a lot of question marks on this Padres lineup. Hassan Kim is a question mark. And Jerickson Profar really steps up to start the season. And one of the things that he was doing well was hitting for power. Like, a lot of power. It was actually pretty nuts. In 137 games in 2021, Profar hit only four home runs. 
And then through just 18 games to start the season, he hit five. He was like the MVP of the Padres early on. Eh, Manny was, but you get my point. He was like that unexpected guy, and this is what happens in baseball, which is why I try not to be too um, bullish about my predictions where it's like anything can happen, and Profar did, and he played really, really well to start, and he even played really well defensively. But both of those things fell off dramatically. When it comes to the defense, I think that a lot of Padres fans, myself included, were really, when you look at or you were watching Padres games, Profar, it felt like, was throwing out runners like it's nothing. And he actually, well, yeah, he did. Um, it actually checks out. First of all, he's got pretty good arm strength. 67th percentile in arm strength um, for MLB players um, among outfielders, I should say. Uh, give me one second to make sure I find the the right, uh, where was it? Where's his outfield assist thing? But at one point, Jerkson Profar had five outfield assists over a nine-game stretch. He was throwing people out left and right. He was daring some people. I think he even might have thrown out former Padre Tommy Pham, which was pretty funny. Um, but then things started to decline. They started to decline quite rapidly. Um, in terms of his defense, all right, let's first talk about the offense. In the second half of the season, Jerkson Profar's strikeout rate went up to 17%, and his walk rate went down to 8%. Down 2% from the walk rate and down and up 2% in the strikeout rate. And on top of that, one thing that I noted in my article was, is it possible that things just went wrong for him because he's been really close with teammate Fernando Tatis Jr., the goober, my bobblehead guy. Um, it's possible. In the, in the games since Tatis, the first news first dropped about a week later, he hit 155 with a 310 on base and a 190 slugging. The power from Profar was just gone. Only two extra base hits. And it didn't improve all that much. Now he returned to being a regular average player. But what we saw in the first half just didn't play out. And there was a point in the first half of the season when it wasn't insane, the idea of Jerkskin Profar potentially being an all-star. And he just declined so rapidly. Could that be the result of the fact that his teammate got suspended and there was just some really bad mojo around the Padres? You know, it's possible. It's not totally impossible. But I think it's more likely that Profar overperformed in the first half, and most major league teams think that the second half was him coming back down to earth, right? And again, he's done a decent job transitioning to the outfield, but, and yeah, there was at least one point, there was at one point when Jerickson Profar was tied with Jackie Bradley Jr. for the most defensive run saved among all outfielders. That's wild. Like, he was really up there. And part of that was because of all those outfield assists, which, of course, didn't continue. That's why throwing out the runners and whatnot isn't the only way to judge someone's defense. The same way errors aren't the only way to judge if someone's a bad defender, like Fernando Tatis Jr. There's so many other things that go into it. And those other things, he's not a fast runner, and he doesn't have the best reaction time. His outs above average, oh, God. It ranked in the sixth, sixth, percentile of all major league players that's pretty bad that's pretty pretty bad now i don't think this is nick castellanos i do not think that he's an overall complete liability in the outfield but he certainly didn't, didn't do himself any favors he wasn't effective and as the season went on he wasn't throwing guys out i remember at one point when teammates were kind of upset with him in the clubhouse because he you know the way he tracked the ball the way that the time that he threw it in he got a little lackadaisical maybe he was daring one of the runners to go to try and take advantage of his pretty strong arm people got upset but 
to his credit, I remember this. I don't have it on me like the video clip of him basically going over to Grisham, to Manny, and Cronenworth, and all those guys. I think he went over to Musgrove too. They were, you know, getting in his face, and he came clean and was like, you know what, I messed up. Like we won't do that again and whatnot. And he took the the criticisms really well. He's a good teammate, and that's one thing I really like about Profar. But it is true that you know, um, not the best defensive player and not the best offensive player. He barely hit for all that much power later on. He finishes. Despite starting with nine homers, he finishes with 15, right? That's right. So he started the season with, uh, in 18 games, he hit five homers, and then throughout the rest of the way, he only hit 10 more, right? So he, which isn't awful. 15 home runs is solid. Like, that's not that bad. But it shows you that, again, he started off really well, and it didn't end that way. And that's basically the overall thing about him. He doesn't hit the ball particularly hard. You could go check his baseball savant page. But what makes him an effective player and what makes him an effective at bat that could potentially stay long term is the fact that he doesn't swing at bad pitches and that could result in longer pitch counts. That can result in more walks. That could result in a bunch of things that make him a potentially viable option in the leadoff spot. But with the Padres, with the Padres, um, they don't necessarily need Profar now. And that's because of recent additions and the... Uh, soon-to-be addition of Fernando Tatis Jr. Probably expected to play left field, and then Juan Soto to be right field, and then a mixture of Trent Grisham and Jose Azokar in center. Personally, I think Jose Azokar deserves a little bit of a shot, but because of Trent Grisham's established, known defense, he's probably going to be on the roster there. And then you've got some interesting players like maybe Matt Carpenter, who could play left every now and then. Maybe. Potentially. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there, right? It's so much fun. But with the addition of Xander Bogarts, he could play short. He could play second, maybe. We'll see what they do with Hassan Kim. It's going to be really interesting. But the Padres, as a result of the Matt Carpenter signing, and as a result, if they wanted to put Profar at DH, they also brought in Nelson Cruz, a savvy veteran who, you know, last year ran some poor luck, didn't hit the ball particularly hard, but apparently had some eye surgery. He was on a terrible Nationals team, and now he's going to be this veteran presence in the clubhouse that I imagine is going to be really great. And even more so, he is a big fan of naps, Mr. Nelson Cruz. He's a big-time nap guy, which always makes me happy when I hear that. Get your rest, big fella. I really appreciate that. Um, so as a result, they don't really have space for Jerks and Profar, or at least they don't have the urge to go after Jerks and Profar, which makes me a little sad. You know, this is not a baseball thing, but I'm going to miss him. Profar was such a fun, awesome player. I already talked about just now about his reaction to being called out by teammates. He didn't freak out. He didn't do what, say, Tommy Pham did, which, granted, I know that Tommy Pham, you know, he might have some personal stuff that he's trying to get over. I'm not trying to say he's bad. Um, you know, when he ran into Kim two years ago, right, and he was just so pissed and he didn't even check on the guy, that whole thing, right? But Jerkson Profar, really good teammate and clearly was very close with Tatis. Um, nowadays, though, I don't think that uh, if there was such a thing as someone who had like a little bit of sway in an organization that might be able to say, hey, keep my buddy. Uh, if Tatis did have that, he probably doesn't have that anymore because of what happened over the last season. Um, not to suggest, again, that this is Tatis's fault or that players have that much power. I think oftentimes we overestimate how much power um, players have, especially in the case of the NBA. Whew, man, I'm enjoying the NBA circus going on right now, though, let me tell you. Can't wait to see where Kyrie ends up next. You know what I mean? Dallas, he's going from Cleveland to Boston to Brooklyn to Dallas, and now who's he going to end up on next? The, the Pistons? I don't know. We'll see what happens. But um, look, I think the bottom line is that paying up for Jerickson Profar, he might have made a mistake 
and choosing not to resign with a team or take his option, whatever. And that's kind of what I think happened here. It's not like he's an elite base runner. And despite his build, 10 stolen bases, but in general, he's not all that fast of a player. He's not terrible. He's not a minus on the base paths. Although, according to Fangraphs, his base running metric uh, was at minus 1.4. That's not terrible, though. Certainly not terrible. But it was worse than in years past, right? So that's the big thing with him. He's not all that great of a defender. He's not terrible. He's not a liability. And his offense isn't something that's going to blow you away. And I think that that's why he might have made a mistake testing the open market. Maybe he thought, because of his age and everything that we talked about already, that he was going to get another shot. But he didn't get it. And, you know, it makes sense. Again, guys, it makes sense. I think that the Padres have a really stacked roster with the addition of Bogarts, which I can't wait for. I know that this past weekend there was that Padres Fan Fest thing, and it looked awesome. Shouts to anybody who might be listening to this show of mine, this very silly show of mine that might be, um, what's it called, that might have made it to uh, the Fan Fest. That was really, really cool. Um, and again, it's it's remarkable that spending money results in people being really excited about your baseball team. I, I never would have guessed it. <laughs> But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, the last thing I want to talk about is just some favorite memories, just reminiscing for a second about Profar. Um, He's had some big hits before, man. He's had some big hits. I still remember um, when I first decided to call him Profare, when I kept saying that. And I forgot which play it was. I I like adding accents to other players' names instead of doing the thing that people often do, you know, white folks sometimes do. Uh, where you remove, you Americanize a name, where it's like, you know, Frankie Lindor, for example. I like to make someone different every now and then. Every now and then I do it for fun. His name's Jerickson Profar, but I had a Profar. For George Springer, I call him Springer. I don't know why I do that. It's just really fun. Anyway, I'm getting off track. Um, I think that with Profar, he had a lot of big hits. I remember especially in 2021, he started off or not 2021, I'm sorry, in 2020, he was becoming that guy that we were like, what's going on? Bottom of the order, doing all these great moves. And it's really, really funny. I think if I'm not mistaken, I believe he hit the walk-off that sent Jorge Mateo home, that if you're watching the YouTube, you might remember it was against the Rockies. And I believe it was on Memorial Day. I always get Labor Day and Memorial Day a little bit mixed up, which one takes place when, whichever one is in September. It was a walk-off against the Rockies in 2020. I was with my friend in his backyard during the pandemic era, right? And we were watching that, and that's when Mateo, Jorge Mateo, former Padre now in the Orioles, slides home. He's, like, going like that. Like, that was a really great moment. And, again, I really root for the guy. Wherever he ends up, I'm going to be rooting for him no matter what because he's just one of those guys where you feel bad. Like, this really went by the wayside, and it shows you how fragile and how unpredictable the prospect system is in baseball, right? And don't get me wrong, Profar, it's part of it is just not panning out, but a big part of it is the shoulder surgeries, right? And all the injuries that he suffered in Texas. I mean, this is a guy that came up into the league and he never hit above like 240 for the beginning of his career. And then he had, you know, like I said, he has that one season with the Rangers that probably salvaged his career. Looking back, this is a guy who had a WRC plus pretty low basically every year that I'm looking at here. A WRC plus of 60 his first year, 75, 75, 36, granted in just 22 games. But he wasn't playing. He was getting hurt. 
and then he comes up huge with a 104 or a 107 WRC plus. And I bet that he might not even be around if not for that. He might not be getting any starting time, but he came up big with that 20 home run season that got everybody excited, right? Where it said, oh, we saw a little bit of the flashes and Profar is all about flashes. Um, but that walk off, everything about him, just always being the guy you know, that when Tatis hits those nuke shots that you see him right in front of the dugout, just super cheery for him. I always loved that. There was just a really good vibe about him. And I remember in 20, was it 2019? 2019 or 2020? I forgot which year it was that I called him the most exciting automatic out ever. And I regret that greatly. It was one of my meanest comments because as it turns out, he wasn't an automatic out in 2020. He was quite good. Then he was bad the next year. But we don't talk about 2021. We just we don't want to talk about that year. Oh, no, we don't want to talk about it. But we do that, and I just, I don't know. I just, call me sentimental. I just like it that this guy's still around. We had that moment last year. Um, what was it? Mark Apple, I believe. Let me just make sure I get the name right. Um, who, like, it was such a big deal because he was a former top, like, literally, like, the first overall pick, I believe, one year. And then he made his Major League debut, like, six years later. Which is just absolutely nuts. But it was like really emotional because we all watched it going, well, at least he made it. You know, like at least he made it. And that's really cool. Um, and I think that we should absolutely appreciate moments like that. Um, I don't see it. I don't see who it was. Was it Mark Apple? Uh, I don't see it. Whatever. Anyway, guys, if you want to go check out my full write up on Profar, feel, feel free to do that. Link should be in the description of this podcast as well as. The Tatis bobblehead. In terms of the future of this old podcast of mine, tomorrow, hold on, yes, tomorrow, going to be going over the Padres pitching rotation. Been teasing this for a while. I want to talk about it, and I want to talk about what DEFCON do they fit in as a rotation. Four being, I think, the highest in terms of, oh, my God, we need a starting pitcher now, then three, then two, then one, then so on. We're going to talk about that in what state is the Padres rotation because one of my pet peeves, and I've said this many times, as a really just a punk that I am for getting mad at people is everybody loves saying we need an ace we need another ace you know we need another two starter well everybody does right so I like to group it in DEFCONs for how much the Padres need a starter including you know are there anybody out there there are some potential options out there we're going to be talking about that some zips projections all that stuff that should be a lot of fun and yesterday's show you should have listened to my buddy Ryland oh man we were going off on a whole bunch of stuff next week we're going to be doing the same thing on a bit different set of topics hopefully and I don't know. We got a bunch of podcasts planned up. Going to be crossing over with Ben Caspic of Lockdown Giants to talk about their very uh, disappointing offseason. That should be a lot of fun. Some potential people that maybe become available at the trade deadline. Did the Padres overall just do enough this offseason? You know? And, you know, it's going to be fun. All the Padres players that are playing in the World Baseball Classic. That's right. We're going to be doing game recaps early. We're going to have the spring stuff and the World Baseball Classic stuff. And that should be just fun. You know? That's going to just be fun. We get to root for Japan. We get to root for the Dominican Republic. It's going to be great. I can't wait for it. It's going to be fantastic. Cannot wait for the World Baseball Classic. Really glad that's back. But uh, with that all being said, ladies and gentlemen, that about does it for today's show, for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres, or Lockdown Padres on YouTube. And until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care. Let's go!